1: Well, welcome back to Inside Sources. I'm Jason Perry with the Hinckley Institute of Politics.
3: And I'm Morgan Lyoncotti, also with the Hinckley.
1: Well, Morgan, I want to jump right into uh, some of the breaking news. We're so happy to have uh, the Utah House Speaker Brad Wilson with us today, particularly time, timely uh, after having the Supreme Court opinion. And given how much you've got going on with the session starting on Tuesday, Speaker Wilson, thank you so much for taking a few minutes with us today.
2: Uh, my, my pleasure jason there bringing in the big guns today having you there
1: <laughs> you're always so nice and i can imagine what you're going through uh today getting radiant so much is happening i want to talk to you about the great salt lake morgan i want to get your thoughts on that because it's such an important issue uh but if you don't mind be, with the breaking news do you mind giving a, a couple comments about the supreme court decision this afternoon and impacts on the state of utah
2: yeah it's interesting it's uh It's another big blow to the Biden administration. There's been a series of them and and, and his agenda, and uh, we're all kind of watching, trying to figure out what's going on back in Washington right now. But, uh, you know, I I read part of the opinion, and um, it's really clear uh, what the Supreme Court said. They said that OSHA has responsibility for occupational uh, safety, not general public health, and that uh, the government has gone too far in requiring private businesses, many of which didn't want the role to be involved in the health of their individual employees uh, t- to get out of that space. And, and that's not a responsibility uh, of these employers. And-, and I applaud the decision. I, I agree. I don't think that uh, if-, if business choose to get in that space, that's fine. But I don't think that's something that government uh, should be mandating to our to our business community and, and their employees.
1: Does this change anything uh, for what you are planning for this legislative session? Uh, Impact any of the current rules uh, or direction you might take?
2: You know, we actually back in November, um, <laughs> kind of hoping this would happen and expecting this would happen. It seemed really clear to us that what they'd done was unconstitutional. But uh, we actually created already an exemption in state law um, and, and said businesses can't do that in the state of Utah. So. Uh, Fortunately, uh, we're already aligned with what the Supreme Court has said here. Um, We were actually in conflict with uh, the Biden administration uh, for a while, but uh, we're now in in lockstep with what we think the right policy is and the Supreme Court agrees.
3: And I wonder if you could also talk about the state response to what's going on with COVID, especially with this uh, really intense surge that we're seeing. Uh, and can you talk about what's going on with the test to stay right now? I know so many people listening have kids in schools and a lot of those schools have had to implement the test to stay rules. And we've just heard about a suspension of that. Can you talk a little bit about that and how school districts will be moving forward?
2: Yeah, that's breaking news today, too. Um, So test to stay worked really great with the two uh, waves of COVID we had in 2020 and 2021. But it hasn't been working with Omicron uh, because of how transmissible it is. And the idea with test to stay was to um, figure out who's got COVID and get them out of the system uh, before they spread it around. But by the time you do test to stay, At our schools, kids have already had it. It's already spread all over the place. And so what we've done is just really disrupt kids' education for no significant, if even any, benefit. And so today will be the last day of test to stay. Um, And we're kind of having a a chance for a reset to happen. Uh, We've given school districts an ability, if they have a high number of COVID cases in a school, to move that school to uh, online or remote learning for up to four days uh, between now and the end of the, the month of January. And the legislature will take up next week um, what to do with test to stay. Uh, you'll either see us um, uh, just end it completely or push pause on it for this version of uh, COVID. And, uh, the legislature will make that decision next uh, next week. And it's the right decision. We've pulled <laughs> so many people out of the, the lines for people to get tested, the, the vulnerable, the elderly, to have them go man these test to stay uh, operations in schools for people that were asymptomatic. and so it's just a reallocation of resources.
1: Thanks for taking a few minutes on that as well. I know this is breaking news. And we're wa- monitoring closely too and appreciate you giving us some some clarity about it. Do, do you mind if we transition for a moment to one of your great constituents, I want to put it in that category, the Great Salt Lake. Uh, absolutely this is, this is in your area and you, there's just been a lot of talk about it and, and you have been leading that discussion from your area with other policymakers and uh as, as i understand it in the 175 years since we've been keeping track uh great salt lake is at an all-time low do you mind t- explaining why this has become something that is important enough that we get the speaker of the house working on this issue
2: Yeah, happy to, Jason. It is one of the biggest risks and threats that our state has. and I don't think uh, many of us have understood the magnitude of the risk until recently. You're right. Uh, Since Brigham Young and the Pioneers rolled into town, we haven't seen the Great Salt Lake to this level. And a lot of people would say, well, who cares? It's a dead lake. It's a terminal lake. It doesn't matter. Well, terminal lakes like the Great Salt Lake, for hundreds if not thousands of years, have been the recipients of all these sediment and all these metals. And when you have terminal lakes uh, become what's called desiccated, which means they dry out, uh, all of a sudden uh, you have the, all the, those toxic metals and other materials get kicked up into the atmosphere. They change your climate. Um, they are very, very hazardous to your health. Uh, they would would destroy our air quality uh, in this state that we've been working so hard to get better. I look at right now. It's actually kind of cruddy out there. But uh, in general, our air quality is getting better. Um, you would obviously have massive impacts to the economy, uh, quality of life, shorten our ski season by weeks on each end. Um, our snowpack uh, is, is heavily dependent uh, on lake effect snow. I mean, the list goes on and on. So. This is one of those situations where an ounce of uh, prevention is worth a pound of cure and uh, we're trying to get out in front of this and uh, putting a lot of policies in place and some budget uh, priorities to help us conserve water, get more water to the Great Salt Lake.
3: Yeah, Speaker, I know a lot of people are watching and so curious about what some of these policies will be. And I think we all know that in order to save the Great Salt Lake and um, handle some of these real big challenges, things are going to look different. Our yards are going to look different, agriculture, the way we recreate. Are we ready? Do you think Utahns are ready for, you know, to make those changes?
2: Well, change is tricky at times, we all know. But boy, we saw something remarkable in 2021. We knew we were in a drought, and it got really bad. And Utahns all over the state uh, said, hey, we're going to make a difference, and we cut water consumption um, at 20-plus percent across the state in many, in many cases. And, uh, yeah, our lawns look kind of ugly, but we can figure this out. And uh, as we continue to develop and do new development here, we maybe do it differently. Uh, there's a lot of things that we can do. We'll put a lot of those in place this session to conserve water. Uh, Differently. Agriculture is a willing partner. They want to be uh, a smaller consumer of water, and uh, we're going to make some investments so that they can can do that, and we'll just keep working on it. I have no no doubt that over the next few years, we can uh, put in place a lot of the right things to help the lake start trending in a better direction.
1: Well, I was, I was interested to see that you're already talking about some of the, the, the resources to put behind it and some of these ideas. I know Morgan was thrilled to put rocks in her mower strip this past year so. It's
3: not rocks. It's native drought-resistant plants.
1: Okay. And well, I was bored in the
3: pandemic, <laughs> and it turns out it was good for the lake, so win-win.
1: All the way around. Yeah. Uh, Speaker Wilson, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Talk about some really, really interesting policy issues that you're taking head on. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Well, stay tuned. We come back, Our sadly, our final segment of the day. Morgan, we're going to talk to Dr. Marianne Villarreal. We're going to talk about Martin Luther King Day on Monday, something we definitely want to talk about. A
3: gun in the face.
1: Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today.
3: Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela.
1: They said...